1: Welcome to episode number 208 of Worldwide Wonderful Women, and the title of this episode is Should Saints Expect Smooth Sailing, Part 2. Boy, that's a lot of S's, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I would like to teach this month on the fallacy or, or the wrong thinking that there should be no opposition when you set out to do God's will. Does opposition mean that God's hand of blessing is not upon your mission? Should everything be smooth sailing? Is this doctrinally correct? Well, that's what we're addressing this month. Last week, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 12 and ending with verse 19. Verse 12 says, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. And so I hope that you'll go back to the podcast from last week to realize that fiery trials or opposition is the norm when you step out to live for the Lord and to do His will. This week, we will see some of the opposition that Jesus, our Savior and Lord, faced Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Consider him, talking about Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, I know some of you are weary, and you're probably saying, Oh, Paul, I know that that's not true. I've had much opposition in my life. Well, I want you to be encouraged as you listen to the podcast this month because it is true that the more we try to live for God, it appears that the enemy tries to come and strike at us even harder. The thing that you have to be careful of is to get fatigued. When you get fatigued, a lot of times it leads into being frustrated. And when you're frustrated, then you wind up failing to accomplish your goals. Now, Jesus had no sin and so there wasn't any need for him to be disciplined or to be corrected or purified in any way for doing wrong yet in being committed to doing his father's will he himself was confronted with opposition in his ministry too in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 20 to 22 in the NIV it says but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. So you see, Jesus had no sin. He didn't have to be corrected as we do, but yet, he leaves us an example of how we will have opposition and how we need to stand and endure it. And when we do so, it's commendable to God. So Jesus had committed no sin, yet in being committed to doing his Father's will, he was confronted with opposition in his ministry. So when it happens, does it mean that you're not blessed? No, that is not true. All right? So let's look at a few passages as to how Jesus, who was holy, righteous, the beloved of God the Father, was faced with things not going smoothly during his ministry. As a matter of fact, his whole life was centered around during the Father's will, and yet from one turn to the other, he faced opposition. In John chapter 6, verse 38, it says in the NIV, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus came to do the will of the Father, and yet he was met with opposition. So don't think it's strange when you purpose to do the will of God and you face opposition as well. So let's look at how our Lord faced opposition. From the very beginning, of his life, when you think about the controversial virgin birth, all the way through his death on the cross. Let's just look at a few of the verses so we can get an idea of the opposition he faced. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11 in the NIV, at the beginning of his ministry, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter, that's talking about Satan, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the angels came and attended to him. Here's another point where Jesus was faced with opposition. If you read Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6 in the NIV, right in his own hometown. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. So see, they were offended by him. They thought he was just a common person. They knew his family and how was it that he was going to be the Messiah or performing miracles? And so Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then we look at Mark chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 to further look at some opposition that Jesus faced. Here, it's going to be in the synagogue, here in his own church. After time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, What is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and, deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Here's another thing that we have to be aware of in regards to opposition. Opposition can come from within. And in this next example, we see how Jesus was faced with internal opposition. And it happens to us as well when we're purposing to live for God. Let's look at Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 38. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, To the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. So here we see even internal opposition coming against Jesus and realize the same can happen to us. And then, all the way to the cross at the time of his death, he faced opposition as well. If you would look at Luke 23, verse 39 to 43 in the NIV, it says One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. You are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So I've given you just a few examples of how Jesus, our Lord and Savior, faced opposition from the beginning of his life all the way to his death. Please be encouraged, although we all face opposition, Jesus was victorious over death and the grave, and all who put their faith in him shall be able to be victorious as well. So stay with me this month as I share more on having the correct mindset about whether saints should expect smooth sailing as they serve our Lord. All right, we'll see you next time. And smile, Jesus loves you.